Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. First things first, hello, hello. Can we all agree that penalty kicks suck? So arbitrary. And what a shame that the Euro Championship final had to end that way. 1-1, but then sort of parenthetically, 3-2 on penalties. No matter, in the end, it's Italy. And cards on the table, I have to tell you, I was for England. Partly because I knew that Megan was for Italy. Equally important, my sense of loyalty to Leanne Hainsby. Okay. So for those two reasons, I was cheering on the mother country. Okay, Michael, you are, (laughs) you're funny. You're funny, but you're absurd. Oh, thank you. Come on, what is wrong with you? You think think that Meghan Markle didn't have her fingers and toes crossed for Italy yesterday? I have zero problem with you cheering for Italy, I mean, for England because of Leanne Hainsby, because she was fabulous and had her face painted. I love her. Love her. I can just imagine how delighted she was and then and then how upset she probably is still today. Right. Exactly. By the way, if Hannah Corbin had a different choice, then I would have had a dilemma. But as far as I know, <laughs> Hannah was probably for England as well. So all is cool. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? You are you are OK. With those women aside, the Meghan Markle thing, you got to stop. You just have to stop. Well, Harry would have wanted to go home for the celebratory parade. <laughs> and there was no way that was going to happen. Oh, there are only so, there are only so many times you can go to the pregnancy well and say, I can't travel. OK. Right. All right. OK. She just had a baby. Right. Yes. So, OK. Well, for England, first soccer final since the Beatles. Doesn't that put it in terms? I read somewhere that it was it was the first major soccer final since 1966. And I'll bet like some of you, I have those two double albums yes now i have them on cd and so forth but one was the beatles early years and one was the beatles later years one of them is red and one of them is blue and they're photographed in the same location i know you're driving along some of you and shaking your heads i think that it begins in 1966 so when i saw that i'm like ah beatles not since the beatles began had England had this kind of a shot. But I have to say this, all kidding aside, in my heart of hearts, 
it was probably the right outcome, just not for the way in which it concluded, because beyond the opening minutes, Italy controlled the ball, they controlled the tempo, they dominated, they deserved to win. The seeming uh, randomness of the penalty kick is what bothers me. And I am sure, I know, I know I say this and many of you will contradict me, I know that it's like Major League Baseball in that I'm a casual fan and I'm sitting there in the bleachers with a beer in my hand and, I, and I'm watching and not recognizing all the data, all the game theorizing that goes into it. I'm sure you're going to tell me the same thing about what I saw in the penalty phase, because to me, the keeper makes a decision in advance. Am I going left or am I going right? It's it's as boring as betting on black or red in a casino. Where's the fun in that? There's just there's not enough time to react to the direction of the ball once the striker approaches. That's how I see it. By the way, pretty impressive so far, don't you think? Keeper, striker, pitch, nil. I haven't used those last two words yet, but I'm going to work them in. Um, I enjoy the sport. I must say, I I, uh, I really enjoy the sport. And the fact that it was at Wembley yesterday brings back an embarrassing memory that I don't mind telling you and, and also has to do with penalty kicks. Uh, years ago, I had the opportunity to take our three sons to see Manchester United and Chelsea play an exhibition, the Charity Shield. It goes off in August every year, or at least it did that. It's the first match of the season, but it's an exhibition. And so I, I took, and I was such a, a novice at this time that we had dressed in mixed garb. In other words, like one of the boys was wearing a Manchester United shirt and one of the other boys was wearing a Chelsea shirt. And and me, you know, the uh, the naive American arrives with all three sons and did not recognize, oh, no, that's not the way it is. You can't just go in wearing the colors of a team in whose section you're not sitting. So somebody's T-shirt got ditched or got put under a, an additional layer, as I remember, um, but also, and TC will just say typical Michael, the the match was tied at the end. And and frankly, the boys had had enough because they were they were young. But you know me, I get a little itchy and I, I don't want to get caught in the uh, the traffic and the rush. So when regulation play had expired, we left Wembley and we go down to whatever the local tube station was at Wembley. And I remember asking a guy which way, you know, you got to get on one side of the track or the other. And it wasn't marked which way back into central London. I asked some, I thought, you know, nice young guy turns out to be like a hooligan, which Uh way to London. He points me in the wrong direction. I figured it out after two or three stops. And now we had to get off the train, get on a train going in the other direction, which means we arrived at Wembley just as everyone who had stayed for the penalty phase boards the train. I guess there's a lesson in that, right? Don't don't ever leave with the uh, the match on the line. Um, I am headed to the Cape today. TC and Joey, my gracious hosts, but I will oh. not be swimming now that I know the uh, what is it? The penguins or the seals are being eaten by the. Uh, 
Oh, the, the great seals. whites. I'm sure the penguins would be if there were penguins here. There aren't. There mm. are seals. Are not, sure? not close to me. You're fine. You're, you'll be fine here. You can go swimming. No, but seriously, there's an issue, right? I swam yesterday. There is an issue with sharks, but not at our part of the Cape per se. It's the outer Cape, like, you know, that sort of faces the Atlantic Ocean as opposed to the inner Cape, which is the, the, uh, the bay, you know, the, the Buzzards Bay. You'll be fine. You think that a great white can't swim from one end of the cape to the other i saw jaws i know what they can do <laughs> there are seal rocks out you know around our house could be a situation what? you mean th- that's where the seals hang yeah hmm. hmm have you been dusting all weekend getting ready for my arrival has joey been waxing down the yacht yes michael dusting i mean i'm painting we got landscaping coming in it's really been quite like quite an event Truly. Do you think it'll all be ready by the time of my arrival? I mean, it's going to be minute to minute. It's, it's you know, it's, <laughs> I think we'll be okay. I cannot wait for this to play out today. This it's is such just a stressor. So, so great. Oh, Dan. Ac- oh, actually, Dan, Dan, I, Dan, it's not a good weather day. I mean, it's a terrible it, imagine, weather day. imagine if when all is said and done, if I never make it. <laughs> all right. Let's be, let's be honest, though. Uh, a rainy day. Is it raining, TC? Uh, it is a, not currently raining, or, but it is okay. so foggy, you cannot see the boats, and it is supposed to rain later on. A foggy day in New England is nicer than a sunny day at the office. There you go. Like that. Cause so, you look yes. at, listen to that attitude, Michael. Yeah. It's yeah, nice. You will Dan, be you're invited. That's it for me. Glass half full. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It will be delightful to have you here. I am looking forward to it. I'm sure Thank you, you very are. much. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, here is today's question. It, it's, it's not a political question. Little deviation. But I frankly think this is what is on most of our minds. Maybe not the way that I'm going to caption it. Uh, but I know we're all enthralled with this. Has Richard Branson really been to space? That is today's survey question at Smirconish.com. Has Richard Branson really been to space? And I confess to being underwhelmed in advance, in advance of this quote-unquote mission. I think it was probably a combination of factors. I know that one of the reasons I was underwhelmed was the shape of the craft. You know, it looks like an airplane. And the windows, they look like airplane windows. And the liftoff, or frankly, the takeoff, which was horizontal and airplane-like, and not Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, rocket ship-like. It also didn't help me that I saw him interviewed at home the day before liftoff. I think it was on CNN. And I was thinking to myself, come on, the guy's sleeping in his own bed the night before, He wasn't wearing a space helmet like we all grew up wearing and acting like we were astronauts. There's no way that I can put him in the same breath with, say, Neil Armstrong, I thought. But I have to say that having watched, I feel differently. I'm not willing to put Branson at a level of John Glenn or some of the the American pioneers. But it took guts. And I've decided that I have for myself the thumbnail, the uh, the litmus test, the frame of reference as to whether I will regard someone as having been in space. And for me, it's weightlessness. It's weightlessness. And he got there. Christian Davenport had a good write up in The Washington Post. You know a lot of the facts, but 
what I singled out, uh, what's the name of the ship? Spaceship Two Unity got more than 50 miles up. Unlike traditional rockets that launch vertically, Virgin's Spaceship Two Unity takes off tethered to the belly of a mothership. The flight reached its apogee at 282,000 feet, which is 53.41 miles, where the passengers were able to unstrap and experience weightlessness. The spacecraft then fell back to Earth and landed at 11.39 Eastern Time. Virgin Galactic flies to just over 50 miles, and that is the altitude at which, I never knew this, the Federal Aviation Administration will award crew members astronaut wings. There was a uh, press conference after the event. Richard Branson, Dan, I think you've got the, uh, the audio of some of what he had to say, which included this. Uh, the mission statement that I wrote inside my spacesuit was to uh, turn the dream of space travel into a reality for uh, my grandchildren who, who are here, for your grandchildren, uh, and for many people who are alive today, for everybody. Um, and having flown to space, I can see even more clearly how Virgin Galactic is the space line for Earth. Um, we're here to make space more accessible to all all. And we want to turn the next generation of dreamers into the astronauts of uh, today and tomorrow. Um, We've all, of us on this stage, have just had the most extraordinary experience. And we'd love it if a number of you can have it too. So he, he beat Bezos by nine days. Bezos is scheduled to take off on July 20. Branson repeatedly denied that he was in a race with Bezos, said in an interview that it was just an incredible, wonderful coincidence that we're going up in the same month. But when asked about a rivalry with Bezos on CNBC, he couldn't help himself and said, Jeff, who? Branson's antics then elicited a strong response from Bezos Blue Origin. Bob Smith is the CEO. He issued a statement last week wishing Branson well, but also pointing out that Virgin Galactic is not flying above, is it the Carmen Carmon line? And it's a very different experience. That's at 100 kilometers or 62 miles is an internationally recognized threshold. Aha! For where space begins. See, you can, you can go with the 50 miles. You can go with the 62 miles. Or you can take my standard of weightlessness. Uh, something else that I, I found interesting ab- about all this is the uh, the cost and the future. I mean, you have Branson saying that it's great for his grandchildren and all of our grandchildren. Uh, I looked at the Wall Street Journal today on this subject. What's the cost going to be, at least in the short term? You know, it'll be, I guess, like a Betamax when they first come out and then all of a sudden they get it down to a science and the price drops like a rocket. No pun intended. Virgin Galactic has said that its plans to initiate paying passenger space flights in 2022. The company has 2022. I mean, next year. The company has reported 600 reservations for future flights backed by 80 million in deposits. It reported a loss of $273 million for last year compared with Blue Origin and SpaceX has a business model that is more deeply tied to the emergence of a space tourism sector. If you had the scratch, would you? 
The company hasn't disclosed what it will charge for tickets. How can that be? How, how can they have 80 million in deposits? Did people make deposits not knowing the final cost? The company hasn't disclosed what it will charge for tickets when it starts selling them, but prices are likely to be out of reach for most people for some time. Interestingly, Elon Musk is one of the ticket holders. In the past, Virgin Galactic has said that tickets will sell for as much as $250,000 each. If I had that scratch, I don't think it would be at the top of my list. Would I like to go? Yeah, I'd like to go. I just don't think I'll get there, but... I wonder if uh, our children will. I would th- certainly think that their children will. But what most surprised me about this story, and maybe I, I shouldn't be so shocked, was the level of hostility. Just comment after comment that I read posted online attached to either a Musk story, a Bezos story, or now a Branson story. Much of the criticism focusing on how much CO2 was blasted into the atmosphere to make this all possible. And a lot of it was just hatred toward the rich. Uh, For example, this and I read this only because I only because I found it to be typical. This one came from The Times. I find the Branson and Bezos space tourism business to be obscene. I listened to a few minutes of the Branson broadcast today, which was nothing so much as an infomercial plugging Branson and his corporate affiliates. The announcer even said, you'll all remember what you're doing on this historic day as if it was the Apollo 11 launch. Perhaps space tourism will be a profitable business, but it shows how deeply flawed our society is that people like Branson can indulge themselves in their grotesquely wealthy friends with such toys, all the while patting themselves on the back, thinking that they're doing this for humanity. Hey, the government's not doing it. I mean, would would our space program be where it is today without Elon Musk? I question that. I'm thrilled that they're, they're doing it, that they're going to this next frontier, even if it is for a commercial travel purpose, because it's all great space exploration. And if the government can't do it, why shouldn't the private sector be doing it? It doesn't hurt us. Meanwhile, the rest of us try to survive in the neoliberal jungle, praying that we don't get so sick that it bankrupts us. At least the Medici, Medici brothers, the Medici's left a legacy of beautiful art and robber barons like Carnegie endowed a university and a foundation. Really? I mean, if Branson can all of a sudden create a commercial space market? Is that not on a level with Carnegie endowing a university? As a child, I was utterly captivated by the Apollo missions. These exercises in ego and climate damage just make me angry. Another one, absolutely and completely disgusting. These billionaires should be fired into the sun not taking pictures of it from space on their little joy rides funded by tax dollars they refuse to pay into and the rest of their ill-gotten gains. This is a sign of the death of Western democracy, not something to laud, period, gross, period. Are those the majority views of this audience? Am I the outlier again? Ladies and gentlemen, call me and give me a reaction to Branson. First of all, did, did he did he get to space? 
I mean, do you regard him as having been to space? I don't mean on a level of Apollo 11. I'm not equating him. I'm not I'm not offering him that status. But I think what he did was nonetheless pretty cool. And I like it. And I, I like the fact that Bezos is, is doing the same thing. And so, too, Elon Musk. Although, TC, did you happen to see my Instagram yesterday after Branson was concluded where I made a comparison with he and Musk? Yes, I loved it, actually. I thought it was fantastic. You're, you're, um, well, I don't want to give it away, but the, no, the give sign. it away. Yeah. Okay. So I, go ahead. You, you say it. it. So you said Richard Branson reached space, but Elon Musk is keeping my dogs safe. And you, this is a picture taken from outside your car, right? True. Okay. So the picture is taken from outside your car and you always say that your car runs on a tablet and it's a picture of the tablet and it says, my owner will be back soon. Don't worry. The AC is on and it's 69 degrees Fahrenheit. What was going on? This is the coolest function of my Tesla in that you can get out of the car if you have like dogs in the car and you set the temperature for like a doggy temp. And then on the iPad that's in the front of the car, and I think by now everybody has seen a Tesla and knows what I'm referring to, it displays a funny image of a pet, not your pet, but like the outline of a dog. And yes, it has that message and says, like, hey, relax, uh, the temp's cool in here. And my owner will be back soon. Well, you don't want someone to break the window because that's right. what I would I do. That. It's it's freaking genius. It's genius. I do the same thing on my I do the same thing on my Jeep, except it's a little more low uh, low bar. I take a uh, I take a sheet of paper and I hang it on the window, <laughs> and I say, "Hey, uh, Bowie's listening. Bowie's listening to the Grateful Dead, and it's sixty eight degrees in here. Please don't break my windows." Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, ever, ever since I was able to leave my car running and lock it, I do it all the time. And it's such a great feature. And that means I can take the dogs more places and still keep them safe in the summer. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. Hey, let me get this uh, caller party started before I even take a break. Mike, did did Branson make it to space? No, I do not believe he did. How come? Like, what's and- your what's your measuring stick? I am fully invested in the international line, the Karma, I don't know how to pronounce it either, Karma line or whatever it is, that 62. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, right. That's, that's my issue, and, and I don't think that we can really say that the weightlessness they achieved is really that valid because they didn't get the weightlessness by being in space. They got the weightlessness by falling back to Earth. And I heard Rachel on CNN and that new young lady, Karen Fisher, I believe it is, they both said that the weightlessness was achieved just like coming off the top of a roller coaster. And so they got the weightlessness just as the same as all the people that's ever ridden on a vomit comet. They got weightlessness. So if you are weightless and that gets you your ass. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm I'm flying to Boston today, and I know that I am not going to float around in the cabin of that plane. At least I hope not. It'll be it'll be a sign that something (laughs) something has gone awry. (laughs) So so for me, like if he got to do that, I will give him his props. But but I like it. I like this this antagonism toward this antagonism that I'm seeing in the comments against he and Bezos and Musk. I I understand the CO2 argument, but the viciousness because they're so wealthy, I think it's twisted. Well, the thing about it is, you're right. We would never do it 
government-wise, they would never achieve what we have achieved. And Elon Musk is, is uh, I, I think he's arrogant, but he is fantastic. We we would not be flying people to a space station right now if it weren't for Elon Musk. And I, I'm fortunate. I get to live in Florida, and I've been out on a boat a couple of times and watched that parachute capsule come back in into the Gulf. And, mm. and I'm a big, I'm a big time, big time space enthusiast. I've got all the collector coins no, from the Mercury Seven awesome. all the way, all the way through. Um, and you, you know, I was I was in Europe when when they landed on the moon and, and watched. I think I talked to you about that once before years a year ago. About you know, I was up at, at three o'clock in the morning at NATO watching it, you know, on TV. And I'm just fantastic with. You know, I just love the whole space thing. I'm, I'm 69 years old. I, I remember every launch. I remember, unfortunate, the death. Yeah. Um, I can still I can still see that Y-shaped cloud floating across the Gulf of Mexico in my mind uh, from the Challenger. But, wow. You know, I don't have a problem with what the B, and I was just teasing with Dan. You know, I call them the B, B, and B. Well, we just did. Uh, Branson, Billionaire, and Bezos. Uh, our Bezos, Branson, and Billionaires. It's BBB club. It's fine that they go. I don't. Let me say this: if if something God God forbid, and thank you, uh, Mike, I appreciate that this is like your thing, your passion, and that you called about it. So thank you for that. God forbid if something had gone wrong when he was at the fifty-two mile marker, there'd be no debate as to whether he truly was in space. But, you know, because he comes back safely, then you get some people questioning what did it really achieve. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.